Hey, 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 world. It's me, Tamara Brown. Who am I? I am an author, blogger, website designer, as well as a brand and visual strategist and the host of Blah Diaries, Broke, Lonely, Angry, and Horny, Turning Your Mess into a Beautiful, Beautiful Masterpiece. And today's topic is I love um, coming on with my big brother, D'Artania A. Williams Sr. He is a dope crime fiction author. He is a filmmaker, right? He is a filmmaker. He is a political blogger. And I say political blogger because when he hits you with that blog, he blows your mind. He makes you think not only just with his writing but his skills. So, D'Artania, say hi to everybody. Hello, world. How's everybody? I hope everybody having a good summer. <laughs> I am having fun and I'm creating, you know. I'm going to be doing, you know, I've stopped a little bit, you know, with my podcast, but I'm going to be getting back in the saddle, hollering at everybody. So I hope everybody really, you know, enjoying all this uh, summer because everybody hates the winter. Oh, yes, they do. Yes, they do. I cry about the heat, but then when it, as soon as it gets hot, it's so hot, it's so hot. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. Exactly, you know? exactly. Stay cool. Exactly. So, Tartania, I know that you've been bu- you've been quite busy this summer. So the I've, been, I've been busier than a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest. <laughs> Yes. So tell it tell you know, tell my audience and tell your audience what it is that you have been doing because I know that you've been uh definitely writing, but you've been doing some more than you've been doing more than just writing. What else have you been doing? Yeah. I, I shifted into overdrive. What I did was I said, Look, I I've been doing filmmaking, not really, you know, releasing anything, you know, doing little home stuff and test shots, and, you know, of course, my uh, Skilladelphia 101, you know, I put that on uh, on Instagram. But, you know, I, I have been working, you know, I'm never going to stop writing, ever, you know, until, until the Lord calls me home. You know, I just can't, you know, I, which, you know, I knock on, you know, nine pieces of wood that I hope, you know, the Lord just keep me uh, going with my thoughts and stuff. But, I got some pretty hot stuff, some projects coming at everybody, you know, especially, you know, the notorious LEX we're about to drop. Of you know, course. Super hot. <laughs> and then I got some really hot scripts I've been writing. But, you know, they've short, and so, you know, to catch people's attention and everything, I got one short. One is kind of a long form, but, you know, uh, some gangster shit and, you know, some paranormal stuff. But that's thought-provoking, not just mm-hmm. killing people just to kill people, you know, that right. type of thing. So I'm really busy, you know, because you know why some of these, you know, horror movies are paranormal things and they attacking people who didn't do shit. I mean, that, that don't make no damn sense to me, you know. That's so true. But That's so true. I do thought-provoking things, just like I do on my blogs, you know. Mm-hmm. I got another hot blog I'm going to drop on, you know, with, with your help, you know. You always uh you always put your uh, put the spank on it. You know. 
<laughs> Even though, you know, I, you always need a great editor or a contributor. You know, I, I, one thing I say to everybody, you don't do nothing by yourself. I mean, you create the things by yourself, but if you got somebody that believes in you, like a person like yourself that collaborates with me, and, you know, even if you agree or disagree with me, keep the juices flowing, you know? It does. So it's been a real creative summer. You know, I've been really, you know, loving it because, you know, last summer I was in and out of the hospital, in and out of the hospital. I ain't let it stop me. I still was doing the videos, you know. I just think I was speaking to you. You know, my face was all puffy and everything. I didn't really care. I just wanted to keep on working. Right. And I think that's the, you know, D'Artania, that's the the biggest word, if I had to describe you as a writer, is you are, you know, steadfast. You are not going to allow anything to stop you from doing what you love. And that is so hard. And I, and I speak from what I know because for a long time, as you know, I had stopped writing. And... You know, and I jumped in your case about it too. I mean, you know, <laughs> let, let the people know the truth. I was on your ass. <laughs> I know that I was, the big brother should. Yes, and I think yeah, I was I was on your ass. I did not let it go, but also I also sympathize with you too because you know because mm-hmm. your children and the grandchildren, you know, you don't have the time like I have. You know, even though I make the time. But, you know, everybody that's out here struggling in this game, you have to work. People kill me. I I get on these jobs when I used to be working all the time, full-time, people, I don't have to work. I said, what, you, an independent millionaire here fucking with us? (laughs) I mean, you you have to work, and you got to take care of business. That's the main thing. We can create and everything until you reach that bridge as as though you can stop, Mm -hmm. you know, working and and then really, you know, that's what you're doing. You're working to get to that position where you don't have to be working for somebody else. You work for yourself and have other people working with you. That's the goal. It really is. That's what it I really sympathize is. with you. Even though I was on your case, but then I always also empathize with you too because, you know, you got to get up and make that paper. You know, you got to, you know, it's time to make the donuts. <laughs> exactly. And Remember that commercial? You, I'm sorry, big um, big brother, but I think that a lot of times when people don't realize that creative, being a creative is a process, and I do know that when we allow our minds to be clogged with uh, a lot of things, and I'm not just talking, I mean, whether it be work, whether it be family, but just even personal stuff, life, I mean, life, um, life hits you. That's why right, you right just see the singer, so writer, or artist, and then they be they be rolling and they got something hot, and then you be saying, "Whatever happened to that person?" Life happened. Life, exactly. And life I, you happened. Know, that's one of the questions that I want to ask you. You had life happen throughout the pandemic, right? You had a lot happen, you know, oh, with yeah. the hospital and stuff like that. What? made you continue to write because you know when you are hit with like you said life sometimes we want to pause you know for me it was like wait a minute I'm I gotta pause but you kept yeah, going I, yeah I kept going because you had them dark days and you know I don't know what it was well I know what it really is you know I don't want to get 
super religious on everybody, but something just told me, just, you know, that voice said, keep pushing, keep working, you know. It ain't about money. It's about your legacy. It's about, you know, the people who really do love you, you know, because people, there's a lot of fake love. You know, people, they love you as long as you're successful, as long as you're creating. You know, everything you create, everybody ain't going to love everything. But I just want people to respect that I just kept going, no matter what. You know, if it was my last day, my, my last podcast, my last blog, my last book, that I put everything I had in it. Exactly. You got people that will never, ever, they'll go to their graves and they never created anything. They say they was write that great novel. They was going to make that movie. They was going to uh, make them dresses and, and do a fashion show and everything else. All that's all hidden inside a lot of people. And then, like I said, life, and you, you're paying bills, you're in a rut, you know, your mate, your kids, your grandchildren, you know, if you live to have grandchildren, and it just gets, you get caught up in it. So I exactly. just said to myself, look, I'm going to make the time. I was in the hospital writing with the pain, with the tubes and the needles and the pain medication and the lack of pain medication. I couldn't understand that neither. They didn't want to give me uh, some time. I had to, I said, what y'all want me, sit up here and beg for some pain medication? I, I, you know, I'm not no junkie or anything. I need pain meds. I'm in pain. Right, right. You know, but, you know and, 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 of course, you know, I, I had got a, you know, I had them laughing and they loved it, my attitude. So that's why a lot of people love to come and talk to me, you know, had this little oriental lady. You know what I mean? I hate to say the Oriental lady. But she used to come in, her name Anna, and she said, I just love the way you look at life. I said, the glass is half full. It ain't empty. You know, I have to get up and smile even though I'm hurting. I have to smile even though I'm in the hospital. I had to do it. I had to keep pushing. Right. Um, and I think that's, and again, that's the, the sign of, of tenacity that, you know, a lot of people don't have. And, you know, you're, right now you're carrying a heavy hat. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. my, my grandmother used to say, don't make your hat too heavy. You're carrying a heavy hat because you are jumping into filmmaking. And even though it's a short film, that is a great feat. You know what I'm saying? You are the producer, the writer, the director, uh, and you're bringing all of this together because of your love for not just writing, but creativity. Creativity um, and, and art. Right. In general. Yeah, because you're, you're bringing your whole set together, and I just think that it's phenomenal that you're bringing all of this together and, and building an amazing opportunity for, I'm just going to say over 50, to say, hey, just because you are over 50, right? Because a lot of yeah. people, they, 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 they hit, a, they hit a, a brick wall when, with age. They do. You know, and you, you're like, age what? Let me keep on doing what I want to do because now I have the chance. So I have the opportunity on that. You know, for our exactly. listeners who are, for, who are 45 and over, 
Because I, I found a lot of my friends, you know, they get into, you know, they get into that rut too. You know, they get into, you know, the kids, and then, you know, we have grandchildren, and you're so incompetent in their lives. You know, what about your life? You know, you work to strive to get to a certain point, and then, you know, of course, life turns into some boring routine sometimes, but what gives me that spark is I always want to create because this is my life. This is what I want to do. You know, you have to say that to yourself. You can't sit there and and be envious of somebody else or what they're doing, no matter what level it's on. You know, they got people that that help them, but the first thing they did, they said to themselves, this is what I want to do, and if they get people to help them, fine. If nobody don't help them, that's that's fine also. You know, people have to realize that you you don't have to have that that self-encouragement. You know, even though, you know, nothing turns out right all the time. It's just like anything else in life, uh, a marriage or, or on your job, it's always going to be, you know, the dark force against you. you you going to have to keep on. you got to be that crusader. You know, you have to be Don Quixote, you know, and, and attack that windmill. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know? you know, and I think that's, that's what's dope. Because you've taken the opportunity to literally um, seize the moment. You know, Carpe Diem, yeah. you, you, you said, listen, this is what I want to do. Because you had a lot of setbacks when it comes to your writing career. Um, when I say setbacks, being sick, taking care of your wife, who has, you know, taking care of your wife, taking care of your family, taking care of your grandchildren, like you said. And you was like, I still got to seize the moment because a lot of people don't know how to shut down and say, this is my moment, this is my opportunity, and if now self-care is huge, right? It's yeah. a huge thing. Um, but you said, I'm going down, I'm going to my man cave, as I would call it, and I'm going to do what I love. And I can't, And sometimes you have to literally say, I don't care if your feelings get hurt because I chose me. To write because if that's your if that's your center of peace, it's and therapeutic. It, it really right. is. It, it helps. It helps heal you. You right. know, it, it helps you. It helps you heal. It's it's it, 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 it's it's a it's a uh, work in progress. You know, you mm-hmm. do a little something, you something down, and then you know you get a great idea. It's just like you know, it hit me all of a sudden. I was you know going through one of my old manuscripts of uh, uh, killed off your soldiers. And then I was like, you know, I got a cast of characters here. You know, I can pick out anybody out of these books and and come out with a great book. But something just told me, let's, you know, because she and doesn't I, care about anything. Right. She doesn't care about anything. She don't care if she lives. She don't care if she dies. She's going to do her, you know. And then, you know, she got a smart mouth on her and everything else. I said, this is perfect. You know, I, I, I could have picked, uh, you know, I, I could have picked Uzi Boy. Uzi Boy is another one. He does what he want to do. You know, he don't care about nothing to nobody and don't care about dying either. You have people out here that don't really care. You know, we see that every day. This is real life. You got people that's, that's raised from the street, and, you know, they really about that life. 
you know, then you got a lot of the fakers. They want to be about that life, you know, but then the first thing, you know, well, as soon as they get incarcerated or the pressure comes on them, you know, they tell them on everybody that they did something with, you know. So it's, 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 it's really um, something to think about. It really is. So that's that's what I do. I create, and what I what I love is, you know, I got a I got a a wife and a partner, and you know that really understands, you know, before we even got together, that this is what I wanted to do, and I accomplished my goal. I wanted to put out a a, a crime fiction book, and I did it, you know, because she loved the characters. She loved Cassandra Wilson, you know. Cassandra Wilson didn't take no shit off of nobody, but right. she did her job. And even though she was a cop, a lot of people don't like cops, you know, and being a black female cop in Philadelphia is not an easy job. Exactly. I like to (laughs) pick difficulties in the characters so you can really think about those things. You know, being Mm -hmm. a cop anyway is not a great job, and a lot of people don't like cops anyway, so that's what made me really target in on doing that character. I was like, yeah, I got to do this. Exactly, exactly. And I think, you know, um, what would be your advice to writers when it comes to Carpe Diem and and seizing the moment of really, I know life is busy and life happens. What would be your, your, your major advice for them to take the moment to write, to complete the task? They're going to pick their shot. You know, all right, you know you got to babysit or you know you got to go to work. You know, you, you squeeze in that time in between time. All right, say you drive so you ain't going to have time to write. What the beauty thing is, the beautiful thing is, if you take the subway or the bus, you can take a little notebook with you, jot down little things, listen to people, how they really talk, you know, because – same thing I found out in film. Film dialogue and how people really talk is two different things. Same way in novels. You have right. people saying a lot of cool things, a lot of sayings and stuff like that, and people love to pick up on that kind of stuff. So you got to pick your shots. All right, you got to go to work. All right, say you drive. You take your little notebook or you take your time to go get your coffee or your cappuccino or whatever the fuck you do. You know, you take a few minutes to the drink and eat and stuff like that, you can have your little book and jot little things down. But then the thing is, when you had that little bit of time to squeeze, you got to put it all together and keep that train on that track. Sometimes you might not have, you might fall asleep, you get tired, you get sick. You're a human being. But just keep going. All right, you exactly. don't write one day. All right, fine, you don't write one day. Are you too busy the next day? You got to shop, take care of your husband or take care of your wife, go to the doctors. Uh, that's life. You, you can't cry about that. But in between those little times, don't tell me you don't have a little time to, you know, jot little things down or, you know, you got that hour, hour and a half, you know, the kids just went to bed or, you know, you, your, your husband just fell asleep or your wife just fell asleep watching TV. You know, you have your little book with you, you know. I hear stories of people, they said they used to get up an hour early, mm-hmm. start typing, start writing those little ideals they did. You know, I don't know how long it would take you, you know, for your little ideals, but it all has to be put together and string it together. 
you know, and if it works, it works. If it don't work, you know, start over. You know, if you think it don't work, it don't sound right to you, or, you know, you got to have somebody you trust that you could bounce it off of, that's, that's good, too. Some people don't. So you have to do like what we do. You know, you put it inside the program. I'm glad you, you turned me on to uh, that program and listen to it. And listen exactly. to it over and over and over exactly. again. And if it, sound, it sounds hot, go. Keep going. But it's the self-encouragement thing. Exactly. And it's, it's going to take time. It's not going to be overnight. It's not going to be, you know, you're going to have the uh, New York Times bestseller. New York Times bestselling authors started somewhere, too. They started the same way you did. They might Some might have had a little more money. Some of them probably didn't have shit, like somebody like me, who couldn't even afford a computer, you know. So, it's, it, you know, you, you can't cry about those things. You've got you to gotta think about the things which you do have everything that's in front of you, anything that's available to you. Exactly. And I think that's something that's so powerful, and thank you for saying that, because as writers, and even for myself, you know, I knew how to, you know, I would take the time out. You should not. Yeah, I would go in the bathroom. I've seen them. I've seen them, like you said with me, I've seen the improvement. I just went through the different lines and stuff like that. I was like, oh, my fucking God. I, I I I can't get jealous or mad. What's going to do is make me better. I was like, oh my god! <laughs> like I told you, like you did with the spacing, it gives it that emotion, especially okay. if it's emotional, or 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 is it or is angry, or it's funny. You just read it and you go, you know. I was like, oh man, this 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 is pretty hot. Well, I, I went through the I went through the uh those those first twenty pages like. A uh, hot knife through fucking butter. I was just sitting back. I I I could see that as a film. You know, I was like, oh man, this 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 is fucking hot. You know what I mean? I I, I as a matter of fact, I was texting you right in the middle of the you know uh, checking out some pages. I was like, oh, this shit is hot. I was putting the, putting the flames up and all that. I said, this shit is hot. This is hot. Then I was asking you about certain characters and shit. I said, I know he a pain in the ass. I'm asking you who's this and who's that. You know, like what the, I mean, I was, because you can see, I, I get excited about this kind of stuff. Well, you know, and that's the thing, right. And you know, that's the thing, you know, people don't understand. Um, and I think we talked about this before, but a lot of times people really believe that you have to love writing. Right, you it's, yeah. it's truly a love affair, and that that love affair that I have with writing is, yeah. I think, is so intense because we we could cut off people. Like I could cut off the world if I'm writing. My yeah, own, me I'm too. Writing, I, I'm cool. I, I be in my own world to do it. Yeah, so I'm like, listen, whatever's going on, right? Whatever's happening in the world at that moment doesn't matter to me. What matters is my characters because they're speaking to you. And it's like you're looking at scenery and the smell and the taste and all that good stuff and hearing their voices. So it really is a deep uh, love affair. So one of my favorite characters now, it's crazy because I always liked Les, and I always thought that she had her own backstory. And the the fact that you're bringing the notorious LEX out uh, because she's so wild. But like she yeah, has, she's off the wild. chain. Period. 
right? She's right. She's not just wild for a reason, right? For you know, just to be wild. There's a reason. There's a, a story behind her. And as I'm help, you know, going through each page of your book and reading it, um, I find that what is if you had to describe one word and not because she's wild and crazy and and promiscuous. What is the one word that you would describe her? Lex. One one word. One word. I mean, you can. Psychotic. I know there's several. <laughs> She's psychotic. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, because you know, because one, you know, one minute she's, you know, she's, you know, talking all lovey-dovey. Next thing you know, she wants to blow somebody's fucking head off, and you know, the next minute, you know, she wants to park and have fun. You know, she she has different layers to her, but it's just one thing that keeps driving her. And then that's why I'm saying the thing is where she don't care about dying because she, she wants to live life the way she wants to because life has did so many different things to her. You know, you have a lot of those one percenters, they, they do that too. They've been going by rules of society all their fucking life, and then they just decide one day they're going to do whatever the fuck they want to do. That's true. Even though this is a fictional character, you have people who make that mind up on what they're going to do with their life. Exactly. And we all have to do that. If you're going, you know, continually keep working for other people, making money for them, and then you sad and lonely and, you know, don't, you know, and never pursue your dreams, that's, that's all well and fine. That's what you chose to do. Exactly. Can't worry about failure. You have to go ahead and just do it. You know, I know it sounds like the fucking old Nike commercial or all these gurus who tell you to let out your inner beast and tiger and talk you into this shit. You got to do it. Wow. That is that's profound. Make your mind up. You can't worry about if it's successful. Because just like I told my wife, if anything, you, you know, at least you, you you put on my tombstone that he was a writer, at least. It don't matter. New York Times selling best offer or whatever have you, if that evades you, that's fine, too. <clears throat> you got to keep going. Exactly. Keep, doing. And keep creating. Because you got people, you got uh, uh, read about all the writers like Kafka. Kafka never seen his success. Mm. Writers who've never seen their success, their books selling all over the world, and they're dead because yeah. he didn't have that confidence to know that his stuff was good enough for that. Exactly. You got to know if you're good. You can't worry about if you're good enough or not. The, the, sometimes you can tell yourself, you know, that you are. And then, you know, you can't worry about If you worry about critics, just sit there and, and you know, about art. They say this or that, or you know, or you on track, you off track. Some of them get it right, some of them get it wrong. Yeah, critics have talked about certain art, you know, in movies, films, and books and stuff. And then five, six years later, or even a couple years later, it's it's the the hottest shit since sliced bread. What was on these critics' minds? You know, you you can't you can't, you can't go by that. Exactly. Well, what's the fashion now would be, you know out of fashion or what you're doing, Vogue. Exactly. Everybody love it. 
They might, they might not love it when you first come out. That's fine. Or they might love it when you first come out. They, you know, but you got to keep going. You really do. You're not going. You're not going to get rich in this business. You know, unless you James Patterson got other people writing for you. And everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not hating on the man. I mean, the, the, the man is smart, and you know, he got to where he is by hard work. You know, regardless of people love or hate him, he busts his ass. It's just like when people talk about Oprah. Oprah busts her ass to get where she at. You got to bust your ass. You really do. You really do. You do. And, and I think also sacrifice because when we think about when we think about the fact that, you know, in the writing game, it really is sacrificial. That is the sacrificial lamb. You put all your yeah. hours and words to your laptop and, and your computer or your iPad or whatever it is that you're using to write, and it's a risk. And and so you've lost time. And, and, and I tell people that all the time that when I'm writing. It's a risk when you put it to print because when exactly. you're doing it yourself, it's not costing you anything. <laughs> right. But when it goes to print, that's when it, where the risk comes in. It you really know, does. Without risk is no reward. You right. know, no risk, no, no, no reward. But the thing is, if you write it in your book and, then, you know, people that you could trust read it or, you know, somebody, you know, over your shoulder and read, you know, or you let them hear what you did and anything and they say, you know, they like it, it's not costing nobody, a, it's not costing you a dime. Not a single exactly. thing. But exactly. the risk comes in when, when you go to print. Like when we go to print, we go to print, right? You right. know, it's got to be copywritten. You got to pay for that. You know, you, you got to pay the printer and stuff like that unless, you know, you work for a publishing company. But, you know, th- you know how that goes. If, they, if they're doing the advertising, doing the printing and stuff, they want their money. When, exactly. When it's all said you know, but that's okay too. Yeah, and I think that, like you said, you know, um, <clears throat> But I think, too, writing, when you're creating such great masterpieces, and it is, you write great stories, especially with crime fiction, you have to know your target market and you have to know your audience. Um, the one thing that drives me crazy when I'm working um, with a client is when they say to me, I want everybody to love my book. And so they get mad at me when I That's say, not going to happen. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Right. It's not going to be their cup of tea. <laughs> and I know this for a fact, especially about my books. <laughs> I know every, it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. Right. You know? And people get offended when I say that, but they, it's a children's book, and it's for every boy and girl, or it's a, it's, it's a romance. Everybody falls in love. Yes, everybody falls in love. But if I'm targeting to people who I automatically know, right? Yeah. I automatically know I'm not going to like my book, then I'm wasting time. And that's why, you know, when I say, you know, understand your market, understand your writer's market, understand your fans, because it can be so challenging. And that's the one thing that, you know, with Killer, we found that, you know, even though people love Philadelphia soldiers and they love, yeah. they love the female characters. They love Almeida. Right. Almeida is the girl. Almeida is just like... <laughs> You know, the, people just love Almeida. That's all people want to talk about. They want to right. talk about Almeida, which means diamond in Swahili for you readers uh, or you people that's out there that don't know. And Swahili, Almeida means diamond. And that's all people want to talk about. 
you know, that as soon as, you know, I run into my, what about Al Mesa? I'm, I said, look, I'm, I'm working on Al Mesa 3 now. You know, Al Mesa 2, I thought was a really great book, but like you said, with the pandemic, people had other things to worry about, where they're going to live at, you know, how they're going to pay these bills. You know, mm-hmm. I wasn't worried about, you know, them, you know, which, you know, I'm not going to pat myself on the back. You know, it was a great book because it answers all the questions from one. So I had the opportunity now to get out here and tell people, you know, check out two and check out Lex. But they're two different kind of characters. They definitely are. They definitely are. Lex you know, is the boss. You know, yes, she's she decided. She thinks things out, plans things, and she had to learn how to do that. Lex don't care about nothing. She she's don't wild. plan everything spontaneous. If it work out, it work out. If it don't, it don't. Exactly. That's exactly. And you know, and yeah. I, what I love about the fact is with your writing, you compare and you know contrast each character. So you um, yeah. you know, you're reading this book, you're reading your books, and you're like, well, I understand Almeida's story. At by the end of each book, um, you understand the characters. You understand, like I can literally. I was having a conversation with someone who said that they grew up in Philly. And this was about a couple of days ago. And I was like, yeah, because you know 24th Street. And they was like, what do you know about 24th Street? And it was almost as if I read your book. And I'm like, well, I said, you know, it's so funny. I, I read this book. I, I work with a client who lives out in Philadelphia. And he just makes it so vivid. Like, literally, he uses the actual scenes and places of um, Philadelphia. Yeah. And I I'm telling her about 24th Street and tell you know, and 24th Street just stays in my mind. And she says, "Yeah, because it, 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 it's notorious. Because you know, you 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 had you had two of them. You had a, a 24th Street in South Philly, which which was a, was a known gang, a big gang, which I was a part of. And then you got uh, in North Philly, you you got a 24th Street. So you know, exactly. it's 24th Street in in, in in Cleveland or 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 what what have you. It don't have to be the actual number or the you have them kind of places inside cities where you know things, everything is jumping off all the time, you know. It's the same way like, you know, you say the projects. You know, everybody know about the projects from Los Angeles to the East Coast, you know. Exactly. They, things is always jumping off, popping off, you know. Just a, That's what a 24th Street represents. It don't have to actually be 24th Street, everybody. But when you say it and, you know, people from Philadelphia, you know, the first thing, you know, their eyes go up, they go, what you know about 24th Street? What exactly. you know about that? You know, right. What you know about Erie Avenue? You know, people go, what you know about that? You know? Exactly. <laughs> no, I'm definitely not from, you know, Philadelphia, but you've made the characters so rich and you've made the scenery, the setting up the scenes, because people can write great stories. It was like I read a, a book about maybe six months ago. And the woman was, I was like, but I don't feel, and and so I had to be honest with the woman and say, but I don't feel the scene. Like, you're telling me that they're living in a lavish life, but I feel like they still live in a project, (laughs) right? Yeah, exactly. um, And and if she's upgraded, she wants to get out of the project. She doesn't want to stay. You know, it was like the book was about a woman living in a project that had all these nice things. But I'm like, she never wants to get out of the project because that should for her to build that lavish home. And believe me, there's people in the project who love that they only pay so much and 
that's their bottom. Like, my house is laid, everything is beautiful, and that's the sky's the limit for them. As to where, right. that's another thing about your characters is you don't let it have, there's no limit to their sky, right? And I say that yeah. with the, the, the utmost respect because even in Lex's world, as wild and promiscuous as she is, she wants more. She wants yeah, she hungry for more. And that's the power of your characters. That's why you can take every character in your book. And I've never read, and being honest, I've never read a book where every character can have their own backstory, except for mine. And I'm just joking, but it's true. But yeah, or mine. I, I say that in my Philadelphia classes. A lot of people, right. you know, they don't want to. They don't want to really listen because, you know, you're not a New York Times best-selling author. But one thing I can do, and that is create characters. My characters, uh, you really believe that these people breathe and exist in the world because not even, like you said, with their goals. You know, do they – I tell people in my Philadelphia classes or when I do on video, write down, do they smoke, do they drink, how old they are, are they educated, you know, um, what part of the street they came from? You got to write all that stuff down. You know, are they straight? Are they gay? You know, what have you? You know, you got to have something about them. Then, like I always bring, like you said, I bring out that hidden thing with them that they still have a goal, even though they're doing wrong. They're doing some real fucked up shit in the world, but they turn around. And they say, "This is what I want to do." Right. You know. I do that with Lex, I do it with Almesa, you know, I did it with Blood Eye, I did it with, you know, with Jagger. And Jagger is another character I love. I love I love Jagger, you know, with, with Almesa's, you know, right-hand man. You know, and even Dun-Dun, I love Dun-Dun. I, see, this is the thing, I know some real Dun-Duns. Exactly, and that's, and that's another thing. And, and, you know, you, the characters that you create, are relatable, and, and and even if it's in the hood world, it's like it's why Kwan is such a great writer. It's why uh, Treasure Blue is such a great writer because those characters are relatable in the hood. If nothing else, in their place and in their space, they're so relatable and so con- like I could connect to those characters and say to them, listen. Oh, I know it. Like you said, I know it done done. I know it Jack. Well, yeah, see? I knew those characters. You know, you, you, you know Aunt LaWanda. You know, you know these people. It ain't like, you know, you just ran across them in the book. You go like, damn, I, I, I know this person. Exactly. You know, male or female, black or white. You know, you know these people. It ain't like, you know, you, you run across them every day. Exactly. The people they exactly. don't talk too much or the people who talk a lot or talk too much, or the people that get on your fucking nerves, you know, they always run in their fucking mouth. And, you know, you as a writer, you just got to sit back and listen. Right. You observe. Really observe. Go home. Create. It might, it might not be exactly on point, but if you get close to it, somebody will go, damn, I know somebody like that. Mm-hmm. I, I know somebody exactly like that. And then when they see them people, they smile because they just read it. They be like, damn, if, 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 if this ain't Aunt Lawanda, or damn, this ain't uh, uh, Lisa, you know. 
exactly, exactly. And even now, um, the characters that you bring alive, and I think that's a class that, you know, and I always say this to you, you know, character development and scenery. Because a lot of writers, even though they have great dialogue, can't, like, I write the dialogue first. I see the scene in my But in my writing skills, I see the scene, I set the place, um, but I think of the what they're the conversation, right? I for me as a yeah. writer, I think of the conversation for the and then I build the scene around the conversation. I'm like, so if yeah, they're in the yeah, I, I, I don't do that. I, I, I go from from <laughs> birth, background, you know, ethnicity, you know, just like as I, I Puerto Rican Joe, right. you know. He 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 is Hispanic, but he's in a black gang. Exactly. You know. And, it, you know, that's possible, you know, because, you know, blacks and Hispanics is side by side here in Philadelphia, you know, it, 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 it's not improbable. But, you but know, it, it's and realistic. And and you he's got that sarcastic name, you know, because he's hanging around a bunch of black people and they say, who are you talking about? Oh, Puerto Rican Joe up the street, uh, you know. Yeah, so and go. then it sticks. And he, he, he just accepts that, okay, I'm Puerto Rican Joe, you know. <laughs> it, 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 you know, it, 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 it might sound, you know, uh, politically incorrect to some people, but that's, I mean, sometimes life falls that way. Because I know some guys that, you know, that are half white, you know, and they call them White Cloud or White Boy George or somebody, you know what I mean? And, and too, you know, yeah. it's so crazy. Um, I was it is. One, um, like if I and it was like somebody asked me the other day, if you was to write, you know, so you heard about the scandal here in New York, where uh, our governor is, has is resigning because of yeah. the sexual harassment, and so because I'm a writer, but I also grew up in New York City, and I grew up around, I I grew up in Bed Stuy, but my mother back in the day when she she used to work for Italians. And I worked for the Italians. I said, but there's a catch-22 to that. And I said, the catch-22 to that is that Italians are naturally huggers and kissers. Even when they're about to kill yeah. you, they're going to kiss And they're, they're real emotional like black people. Right. A lot and of I people they don't want to realize that. And, and guess what? The real deep Italians, they would tell you that they ain't white. They'd tell you, I ain't white, I'm Italian. They take right. you in your fucking face, right? And <laughs> you be looking at them like they fucking crazy. You say, "Look, you, you look fucking Caucasian to me, motherfucker." <laughs> you know, and they be like, I, I, "You know, I'm not, I'm not white. I'm, you think I'm some stupid white boy? I'm Italian." Exactly, but they're also they're touchy feelings, right? And I'm not saying that is right, right? In today's culture, there's a culture gap. And yeah, it's their culture. Yeah, just like right. our culture. That, but in their culture, in his culture, old school culture, you got to look at his age. He's not a young dude. I'm not saying what he did is wrong or right. I don't know the full backstory. But yeah. on a cultural level, right, I said to someone, they used his culture because the, the millennials of today is not educated on culture. Yeah, they're not educated. They're not used to you know, right. people that's so, hugging and kissing. Yeah, yeah, I'm not taking up for the guy because he really could have been doing these things. Right, and, but, you know. and, and also, you got to look at where he comes from. 
you got to look at his background. He comes from, you know, Governor Como comes from a generation of leaders. So if he's naturally he was born a leader, his mama was a leader, and I know this because I met his father and I met his brother when he was little. So I know for a fact of the culture that they come from. The Comos come from a, they are strong, 100% Italian. So right. I have to look at that. if I was developing a story on him, I would have to go back to his culture. I would have to go to And they live with those stereotypes too. They live with stereotypes like we do. You know, exactly. just like Polish people live with a, a stereotype, black people, Asian, and was making me upset, you know, with the attacks on the Asians. I put that on my podcast, too, you know, all this eating on Asians. And it's ridiculous because when you live and work with certain people, you know, you know how they really are, you know, all them, you, those, those different, but you live with some of those stereotypes. You, you, exactly. you live with them. You, you, you can't escape them sometimes, you know, just like, you know, I was telling you the other day when, you know, I was talking to the the, uh, the lady uh, in the bank. You know, she was, like, really surprised that, you know, that I write. You know, I don't look like a writer. You know, they, I, don't, I, I don't know what writers look like, you know. But my wife always told me, say, you know, you look intimidating when you come in the room, you know. You look like <laughs> you're going to take somebody's shit. <laughs> <laughs> And I think, you know, and, and again, right, so it goes back to, and, and again, what I love is that you take your characters and you don't make them stereotypical because even in my characters, I don't make them stereotypical because here's the thing I yeah. think that we have to understand in our hood, right, especially for yeah. our African and Latino, everybody is not everybody. You may have a girl that migrated to the hood. She might have been a rich girl, right, that yeah. had everything under the sun, you have black people that came from money that, you know, all of a sudden they don't have any money anymore. And they gotta go, they got to go back to the project. Uh, Teddy Riley. I was listening to uh, an interview with Teddy Riley, and he lost everything. He said, I lost everything to save my soul. He was on an interview with Angela Yee from 105, Power 105, and he said, I lost every and, – and everybody missed that point, even I think them, or if they if they didn't miss it. He said, I lost everything. I had nothing in my pocket. I gave up everything to save my soul, right? So he had to go back to the project. Imagine this man who's making millions of dollars living in this high have to switch back to the hood. So now you, you got some cultures in you that you're not used to because you forgot. Yeah. You know? So I think that's, that's the, the one thing you can't, you, can't, you can't never forget. Never. You have to stay never. humble. You have to because well, of course, uh, with you, 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 you things you ain't used to, like you said, Teddy from the projects, and then now all of a sudden, you know, he had to go back. You know, he got used to certain things, and that's anybody. That's, right. that's human beings. You, 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 you can't hate on them and talk about it. But the thing is, at least he was humble enough. That's with anybody. If you humble enough to say, look, I have to do what I have to do. Exactly, and I think that you know. Even as writers, because this business is so fickle, you know, and when I get aspiring writers coming to, you know, me saying, well, I'm, you know, my book's so good, I'm going to make a million dollars. And I'm like, but you have to prepare yourself mentally. I don't never want you to bust your bubble, right? Because I don't want 
anyone to bust that bubble. I said, but you have to if yeah, you, you want to aim high. Right, you gotta yeah. aim high. But you're gonna make a million dollars, but you gotta have a strategy behind making that million dollars. Yeah. And that's the matter. Right. I'm like, you wanna sell a million books, your strategy starts two years from now. Two years before even writing a book because are you meeting with people? Are you connecting with people? Are you building relationships? Because when you tell people you want to sell a million books, you need to connect with a million people in the hood. You know what I'm saying? Because that's yeah. just the way it is. Yeah, depending and, on what you're writing, too. You know, exactly. what you – and then, like, you know, I, I put a post up uh, not too long ago, you know, that uh, that art is not content. And what I meant by that is, you know, because it comes from your soul and your creation. But, of course, as we know in the world that we live in, you're going to have to market or have some sort of marketing plan to get it out there to the masses because word of mouth ain't like it used to be. It really isn't. It Before really you isn't. used to have, you put a great piece of art out, and no matter what it was, if it's a horror movie, a horror book, or, you know, a urban fiction book, which that's politically incorrect right now, you know, crime fiction or, you know, or even, you know, or, or, a harness and romance, you know, you've got to let people know that you have it out there and it's for sale and it might not be your cup of tea, but you could check it out and you just might like it, but it has to appeal to everybody just like we do with the covers, you know, that's exactly. just you know, a layer of it. You see the cover, you might like the cover because a lot of books, I, I love the cover, but once I've read it, I said, this is, this is a bunch of fucking shit. You know, then I've seen exactly. some covers, you know, that that's that average and the book is fucking amazing. Exactly. But it's not, it's not selling like it is because it don't have that great cover on it. Exactly. So, you know, the medium is, is, is crazy, it really the way is. things are right now in 2021. And now you, know, you have so, to have a social media platform. And not only that, but you have to build a marketing. You have to be willing to spend money on marketing. Um, I, I, it drives me crazy because people are so used to social media. And I'm like, yes, back in 2007, you get a million followers, but now you got to pay to play, right? Because that's the way yeah. they want to make pay to play now, it seems, it seems like right now. It's like everything's play to play. It's more or less like, you know, you put down a certain amount of bucks just for somebody to check out your art. You know, and some people could afford it and some people can't. Some people cannot afford it. They really can't. They okay, just got right. enough to get their art out there. So, you know, some people are blessed. Some people are not blessed. Some people find some sort of way to get it out there. Exactly. And you just have to be creative, you know. So, yeah. Big Brother, I want to thank you so much for uh, enlightening us on writing. And I, and I really wanted to focus on, number one, the self-care of authors pushing themselves when obstacles are in the way, but also... Yeah. Thank you so much for letting me come on your show. Anytime, anytime, big brother, but also the fact of, of being resilient in the process of writing, because you could have uh, 50,000 words down and, you know, and need to add 20,000 more words, and then life, like you said, life happens, um, and you have been so resilient and so hard working on your craft, and not only, and I'm not just saying that because, you know, you're my friend and, and, and big brother, but the fact that you have taught a couple of lessons, and so 
for my listeners, one of the lessons that, you know, I've learned from D'Artagnan is find, a, find an opportunity to write. Don't let your dream die because of obstacles in your way. And I think that sometimes so many of us do that. The second thing yes, that I learned is having, you know, having a partner that is, if you're in a relationship, and getting your family to understand and respect what you love. Like, I tell a lot of uh, my daughters, don't go with somebody who don't believe in you. If that person is exactly. in your life and they don't believe in you, fire them. Because they are going to be the biggest hindrance in your life. Um, and we want to fire those people who are not um, a part of a, our lives, who don't support them. And D'Artania has the greatest support system from his wife. Uh, Margaret, she loves him so dearly and believes in everything. Yeah, she, she, not only she's one of my biggest fans, she's one of my biggest critics, too. You exactly. Because if something happened, just like, you know, she jumped on me about, you know, why you kill Blood Eye? You know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and, and Blood, Eye, Blood, Eye is, Blood Eye is from uh, Al Mesa, too. And uh, why would I kill him and why I do this and why? I, I love that. I like to do things that's unexpected, you know, but that let me know you're engaged, that you love it. I love the support that she gives me, you know. She gives me the time, you know. She said, all right, go ahead, you know, go ahead and do what you got to do, you know, write, you know, but just like today, today's date night. So, you know, after this podcast, I got to get up here and get on my get on my job, you know, get the popcorn and everything else, you know, later on and, you know, we watch some films and stuff together, and we, we talk and uh, express our feelings about them. So thank you for inviting me onto your show and let everybody know that the Notorious LEX will be dropping real soon. And so will uh, my films. I'm trying to keep them under wraps just a little bit, but I'm going to be doing some documentary footage of behind the scenes and the different things that I created you know, for the film. So I'm going to be doing that. And, uh, and just like you said, I got to get out here and hustle. Now I got to start doing some uh, get out here and, and, and let the people know what's really going on with me. So, you know, the pandemic held me back a whole lot, everybody. So exactly. I'm going to get out here and get my hustle on. And, you know, it, it, they're going to be sick of me soon. they be like, oh, this guy again, yup, me again. I'm, I'm back out here. Talking about my book, I'm talking about Notorious LEX, I'm talking about Al Mesa 2, I'm talking about my short films, I'm talking about everything, you know. And, and But the main thing, I want to be encouraging people to never stop writing and never, ever give up on your dreams. Exactly. Ever. Thank you. And I, I just want to thank you so much for being such um, an inspiration to me and to to so many um, helping me to I'm writing two books three actually I finished the third the, fir, the first see, that, that, that said, sound sounds like somebody I know see you right the same time that, see, so I've been thing. writing I, overdrive like coming home and just really working on my my craft I, I, I love it and, and you're a great writer I ain't just saying that thank because, you like I said we friends and we collaborate and you help me but you help me fulfill my dream you're Aww. getting this stuff out people. You know, I'm just saying it just to say that, you know, we agree, we disagree, and then sometimes I have to be the ghetto tour guide and tell you certain <laughs> things. You know what I mean? Even though, I mean, you know a lot about shit in the street, but, you know, I, some things I'll be like, look, 
I, like I told my wife, I said, sometimes I had to explain, you know, these, these criminal things that she don't understand. She'd be like, I said, anything criminal or anything that's, you know, some left-handed thing, she'd be like, oh, you explaining it to me, you know. <laughs> exactly. But I just, you know, again, want to thank you so much. So, guys, as I end this, this is, you know, really the writer's edition of Live Diaries because I have so many people who listen to my podcast that are aspiring to be a writer and be an author. And I wanted to bring on who I believe is a great expert in writing and understands and has been through some stuff, some business, some major, major stuff. So here's one of my things I say to all of my listeners, be kind to yourself, be kind to others. Support somebody. You know, it's not all about you. So if you know somebody that is a writer, an author, a blogger in your community and in your neighborhood, put a little change on it. Order their book off of Amazon. Also support a charity, whether, and, and whatever it is that you believe in, and put a little change on it. <laughs> uh, and last yeah. You know, put a little change on it, right, Dr. Teddy? You know, yeah, yeah. Help, help somebody when you're doing right, you know? Exactly, exactly, big brother. So, um, it don't hurt. <laughs> it sure does it. And lastly, um, I need you to do me a favor. Visit me at www.tamlovestowrite.com. Also visit me on Twitter at Tam Loves to Write. I want you to also go and visit Dartania. Right, he is. Uh, he has a dope website. I'm not gonna put no name on who designed it, but he has a dope website, and it is get my website off the chain. <laughs> it is uh, the chain. <laughs> and I want you to go and visit Dartania A. Williams on his website at www.dartaniaawilliams.com. I also want you to visit him on Instagram at Dartania Senior. I also want you to visit him on Twitter, Sartania Senior, and also visit his Facebook page. If you have not liked it, go and like it, Sartania Senior. Oh, uh, yeah, it's under Sartania Senior. But yeah, Sartania Williams Senior. Senior, yeah, but go and, and, you know, and go read his blogs on Medium. He is such a prolific writer. You know, it's, it's, it's I think it's so dope that he can go and switch from being you know, a crime fiction novelist to an analyst. Um, not only just politics, but he also he gives you a lot on our history and our culture. And if you don't have somebody doing that and intertwining, you you really will um, lack in understanding us. And he got it. So, guys, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to just pick up my boy, D'Artania A. Williams. Go buy his book on our Mesa. I made the one and two and Philadelphia. Let me tell you, Philadelphia soldiers that have you do thinking you really think you're a gangster, read that Philadelphia soldier. <laughs> <laughs> you sure <laughs> will. Philadelphia soldiers that make you go back and reevaluate your career as a gangster. I don't want nobody to be a gangster. But, you know, we wanted to just really highlight writing and, and, and the love of it and to inspire writers. So I brought on my big brother and, um, and great friend, and so I'm going to get him off of this so he can go ahead and have his date night on, because I was like, you know, D'Artania, that is Yeah, you you get me in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) All right, big bro. Thank you so much, and have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you so much, Miss Tamia Brown. Thank you so much. (laughs) I really appreciate you. I have to say it a million times, but it it really comes from my heart. 
Thank you, big brother. Okay.